It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Hello, world, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. It's Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. You know, it's one of the biggest weekends in all of sports, and we have an awesome show. Nick Sulsky, the president of Monkey Knife Fight, is with us. There's our weekly update and some super stories to get us started in a moment. For now, settle in. You can't stop the pro show. Take it away, Anthony. Excellent job on the board there, Wade, getting us started. And we're off on this 1st February, Friday. Pretty cool, man. I'm glad you said it. 1st February, Friday. Yeah, you know, I love my alliteration. In any, in any event, you know, February got off to uh, quite a raucous start with this oh. storm this week. What, what, were you a shoveler? Are you a snowblower guy? What, what are you? Snowblower. You got to have a snowblower. You got to have a snowblower. So, um... We, we always joke that we have the uh, we have a corner corner house in the corner, so we have all the luxuries of a big house except for the big house. And we get all that snow, all that sidewalk. To get all around. that sidewalk, yeah. It's, it's real estate that they don't bring up in the transaction <laughs> that you yeah. definitely own come your first blizzard. So, yeah, I mean, snowblowers are the best. If you got one that's working properly, I mean, please. My back is thanks and thanks. I mean, and it still sucked. <laughs> Yeah, you know, what's interesting is that um, my pre-Blizzard routine, you know, some people, they go and they get batteries and they get bread and milk and everything. I go straight to the liquor store and I get as many supplies as I need for my neighbor because he has a really nice snowblower (laughs) and I don't. So that's that's the same thing, though. You get it. You get it. Yeah. You know, he's he's a great friend and he and he hooks me up. And, uh, you know, I went I went neighborhood crazy the other day. He let me borrow it. And I did like, you know, four different driveways. I was just having the the best time. That's awesome. I was listening to some radio Made some friends. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, we we could always use listeners. You never know. There could be a hidden sponsor in there. You know, so so we had (laughs) absolutely we had some fun with it. You know, the kids were home, but they were still in school, you know. Right. Yep. And I think about that. The idea that COVID, and this is the first thing, you know, like this is kind of like a funny thing, right? It's it's COVID that has taught us how to have a virtual school day so there's no more snow days. So there's a lot of things that, that COVID has ended, but yes. none, none may be more apocalyptic to kids than the idea oh, that my kids sat and had virtual school for two days. Well, three days, really. They didn't go back till Thursday. So how about that? Our kids did have a snow day. They gave them a snow day. They gave him a snow they day. Gave him a snow day. Mental health. He had. They go outside, play in the snow, take pictures. Yeah. But they'll never. They'll still never know the joys that we did of sitting by the radio and waiting for your school to be called or not called. Well, we're almost a year in, and I think you and I are still waiting for our mental health day. <laughs> Please, but, the bus isn't here in five more minutes. I'm going home. Well, you know what? Uh, speaking of questionable mental health, we have a really awesome guest today, and his name is Nick Salsky. And I mentioned him in the opening, but he is the president of Mikey, Monkey Knife Fight. And, you know, it's not the first time I'm going to have to say that today. And uh, it's they are a daily fantasy site and app 
and a very, very cool thing. And, and, you know, everyone, when they think of that, they think of DraftKings, they think of FanDuel. And it's Super Bowl weekend, so there's going to be a lot of activity in the gaming world. So I thought he'd be very appropriate. There's also a huge story that we touched on last week that at the Waste Management People's Open, which is where the PGA Tour is this week, they are having their own betting channel streaming alongside coverage for 10 hours um, through NBC and PointsBet. So this, this is a very current, relevant conversation and Nick is a great guy and he is an entrepreneur that did this startup and he's from Canada Toronto area and he, he's just I, he's and he's got tons of energy I talked to him a couple times this week he's really fired up to talk about monkey knife fight um, we will definitely um, pull out the Simpsons on that one because uh, to <laughs> anyone who's a pop culture fan like Wade and I um, that's where that comes from and you know it, it's again to, to be specific though it's a daily fantasy site and they are a strong third place behind FanDuel and DraftKings, which is worth mentioning in, in why it's such a cool story. And I can't wait to get into, you know, again, like it goes back to like the Whoop interview a couple of weeks ago. These right. entrepreneurs that are out and they're crossing over into sports and pop culture and golf space. We love those folks. So if you're out there listening, um, hit us up. We, we'd love to have you on the pro show. And uh, speaking of the Waste Management People's Open, I want to take you back a year. Right. And it, what I mean by that was that uh, I'm sure you remember this, but I'll never forget this moment. And before we get into the leaderboard there and maybe even the Saudi Arabia leaderboard across the across the Atlantic pond there, we have to talk a little bit about what it was like to be in the arena at the 16th hole last year. I mean, this was like a month before everything shut down. And this had to be one of the most raucous is debaucherous. A word. I it mean, is now it is. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable to be in the skybox sitting above the 16th green. And um, let's take everyone back. I know you have a clip. I know you put a clip together. Uh, Johnny Gomes, World Series champion. And, you know, here we are. We're discussing um, God knows what. But just listen to all of the activity in the background. And Bubba Watson was there. It just just a really cool scene. You got it. Here we go. All right. Personally, some people, you know, they, they could take or leave Bubba, but I think he's good for golf, just like I think this event is good for golf. I think you're good for golf. Yeah, you know? I think he's great. You know, I mean, I go to Teddy Roosevelt in the arena. I'm not in his arena, so I just sit back and don't judge him on anything and watch him shoot. And, um, man, he, he, he's, he's as good as he is for a reason. So, you know, you got to go to his work ethic and everything he's about and who he surrounds himself with. Um, I've, I've met Bubba up here. I've known Bubba for a while. He, he's a good dude, and, you know, he, he's a good guy to follow. All right, well, you know what, then? Um, you know, you got me there, although uh, I have to, full confession, I did take him on DraftKings this week because oh, his record here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, uh, you know, I'm from Jersey, so we're okay. allowed to do certain things in Jersey. Oh, here comes Bubba. He's walking our way. I think we only got about a minute to go here. Hey, Bubba, great 66 today. Bubba's fired up. He's going right to the bar. You yeah, I imagine. I could see he that. You with yeah. 66. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, autograph, shaking hands, and uh, to the bar. Johnny, yeah. World Series champion. Right on, man. You're a gentleman, and uh, can't appreciate you enough for coming on the show today and having some fun with us. Right on, buddy. And I appreciate it. This is awesome. And um, yeah, where baseball meets golf, right? Right through track, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was a cool conversation. You know, that really was a cool conversation that day. It, it, it was quite the setting, something that uh, uh, I'll certainly never forget, you know. And, you know, another thing that we're never going to forget from this week is that the USGA has backed up their 2018 distance report with another report. 
And, you know, we love the USGA. Right, and sure. we know that they're working very, very hard at trying to change their brand away from the uh, Blue Blazers and Dandruff. I think that was Jason Gore who said that, right. who works for the <laughs> USGA. But we've had Craig Annis on. We've had the president on. Stu Francis was here right before Wingfoot back in September. But uh, they are taking a stance again and saying that, da- that distance is having a negative effect on the way the game is being played at the highest level. And this, uh, we don't have enough time in an hour to go through this whole conversation. But um, if I'm going to bring something up and I'm going to say that, hey, you know, there's a lot of talk about all of this, uh, I would like to present a solution. And, you know, one of the things is that, you know, people are overreacting a lot. They're talking about changes in equipment and this, that and the other thing. But they also locked inside of what the report was. And and it was quite an extensive report, which, you know, fortunately, I got the Reader's Digest version. But I, I think it's important to note that some of what they're saying is a local rule and it can be implemented by your club or by your tour or by your association. It doesn't necessarily, it's not a blanket system for everyone. So, you know, everyone, please pay attention to that and don't completely jump down their throat. But here's my solution, Wade Weezer. So get your pen and paper out, right? Yes. Here is my solution. I think that it's about time that the PGA of America and the USGA get together because there's like 28,000 men and women messengers for the brand of golf. So let's just stop talking about the USGA brand and let's stop talking about the PGA brand and the PGA Tour brand. We're all in this thing together, right? So here's my kumbaya moment for this week before we get into gambling and the weekly update and everything else, <laughs> right? Okay, I, I just think my solution to what is going on is that we all come together and we all take the time to try to put this message together. And yes, there's no doubt that there are things happening in the equipment world that may at the most elite level, change the game. But at the end of the day, if you look at Bob Cousy and you look at LeBron James, the rim is still 10 feet, right? You know, at the at the end of the day, you know, um, we don't need to change everything. You know, maybe we just need to work together and try to make it and continue it to be the greatest game ever. I mean, there's there is more attention on golf than there has ever been. Um, in its lifetime. And we're going way back here, like 400 years to the shepherds. So, sure. I mean, that's a long time. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, within that, there's a great solution. And, uh, you know, one of the people that is always working on a solution to what's going on in the game of golf, that is our great sponsors, the New Jersey Golf Foundation. You know, the New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting the lives and communities through the game of golf. Under the guidance of PGA professionals, programming is available throughout the year for youth, military veterans, and those with special needs. Individuals from diverse backgrounds have an opportunity to experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment while adhering to health and safety guidelines. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about their programs and special events, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Folks, I'm excited. This guest, is he is going to be a live wire on a Friday afternoon. So without further ado, you know, it's about 3.12 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with one of innovators from the DFS world, Monkey Knife Fights, Nick Solsky. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Choose not to He's back. What we have just witnessed is the most unprofessional act that I can ever remember seeing in professional sports, and I've been covering this stuff for 30 years. 
Mike Greenberg. He is better than advertised. If this kid stays healthy, he is well on his way to being one of the best and one of the most unique players this league has seen in a very long time. Greeny. Every weekday starting at noon on the new 920 ESPN. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. You know, we love our innovators on this show. Our guest today is part Elon Musk and part Sam Rothstein. His company is the fastest growing DFS site in America. Once you hear Monkey Knife Fight, you're interested. Once you hear him, you'll be impressed. Wade, let's see if we can fire him up a little rock and roll. Well done on the board. You dug deep for that one. Little Queens of the Stone Age. I like it. I like it. Little in my head. You were in my head with that one. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of in my head, I'm about to listen to Nick Sulsky. Nick, you're there on the line. How are you, man? I, 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 I'm I even better than I was a couple minutes ago. Now, I have to hand you credit, Keith and Wade, your, your, your trusty producer. Did you guys do research into me to know that that Queens of the Stone Age and everything that God Joshua Homie touches is literally my my jam? Like that is my band. I am so unbelievably impressed by your either your research skills or your your luck. Well, you know, um, I'd rather be lucky than good in in many respects. No, I, honestly, here on the pro show, that's why we're so professional. We have professional researchers. I mean, that's just that's part of what we bring to the table. And to get us started real quick, you know, since you are in the gaming world and it is a big weekend, who's going to win the big game this weekend? I'm going to put you on the spot right away. Kansas City Chiefs. They are everyone's in love with Tom Brady, you know, the number of Super Bowls, his seasoning, the story, it's all great. Stop the Chiefs. I, I don't think, even without, even without two of their offensive line, even without Schwartz and Fisher, I don't think the Chiefs can be stopped. Andy Reid is a genius. Patrick Mahomes is, is, a, is, is, is a legend already. Um, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on, on, uh, are, are going to run wild. They're going to be able to get the ball out fast. And I, as much as I have all the respect in the world for Tom Brady and what he's accomplished, and I think Bruce Arians is a great coach, and Devin White is clearly a, a, a stud, I, I just don't think that um, the Chiefs can be beaten. You know, I mean, that's a solid, solid prediction right there. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the GOAT just one more time, but we'll, I'll get more into that later with, with, in the show. Uh, for now, I want to talk a little monkey knife fight. And in order to do that, I think we've got to give the listeners a little bit of perspective. So I want to take them back about 10 years or so, uh, because you have now become this entrepreneurial leader in the gaming space. But in order to be that person, 
right? You had to have a vision and you had to see things and you had to understand the market. And there's no doubt that you understand it now at a very high level. But I, I think back maybe to like 2009 and 2010, as we get into this discussion today, I'm really curious to know what you saw that let you know what was where this world was kind of kind of go. That's, it's, it's a good question. And there's actually kind of two main um, kind of periods of time to frame this answer. The first, and you hit it right on the head, 2009, 2010, you know, up until then, the fantasy sports industry was dominated by season-long fantasy sports. You know, season-long fantasy sports, you know, it's, you get to go with your friends, you draft your players, you have trades, and there's waivers each week. It's the biggest social game that's ever been invented. You know, now there's 60 million North Americans that play season-long fantasy every year. And back in 2009, 2010, it was upwards of like 35 and 40 million. But then technology and the ways that sports data was being collected started um, innovating, started getting better and faster, which allowed for entrepreneurs to really start thinking about ways they can capitalize on the kind of the audience behavior pattern and the, and the passion around fantasy sports um, and make it a, a, uh, a different type of experience. And that's when a number of companies invented what we call daily fantasy sports, which is effectively um, playing fantasy in a given day for money. You know, season-long fantasy sports is more of a social game. Sure, you play for gummy bears with your buddies, but ultimately it's not a, it's not a daily um, kind of financial gratification moment, so to speak. Fantasy sports ultimately has been, in, you know, has, has blown up um, with one primary goal. It's to make the experience of watching live sports better. And in North America, up until very recently, sports gambling has not been legal. So in order to, in order to um, get a little sweat, in order to add a little bit more fun to your game, Fantasy sports was really the only go-to for the sports fan out there. And then in 2009, 2010, over the period of about, you know, five, six years, daily fantasy sports started blowing up. And the traditional style of daily fantasy sports that we've all got familiar with that has been quarterback, no pun intended, by, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings. You know, there were, there were, there were a dozen or so companies um, that – that launched and were growing, but effectively FanDuel and DraftKings won that, that arms race. And then in about 20, you know, 2014, 2015, something became very, very clear, which was the, the, the spark of the idea of Monkey Knife Fight and why Monkey Knife, a game or a product and a brand like Monkey Knife Fight was needed. And around 2014, 2015, it became extraordinarily clear that that a vast majority of the money on those sites was being won by a very small percentage of the user. It wasn't a fun experience. It was becoming dominated by professional players, by sharks. You know, people were using math algorithms to effectively dominate the casual user. It was, it was a poker, it was an ex-poker player haven, so to speak. And so it became very clear that a new style of daily fantasy sports really needed to evolve that would allow the casual fan an opportunity to go in and actually have a chance to win money without spending, you know, nine hours of research every week trying to make their picks. And then at the same time, um, the other secret of the monkey knife fight vision was the idea that FanDuel, DraftKings, other daily fantasy sports sites have built really great companies, but 
you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily say that they had compelling brands, right? You don't see people walking down the street wearing a, a T-shirt of one of those other companies. So what we really wanted to do is try and create the first culturally relevant gaming brand, right? And that's that was those were the two real main um, needs in the industry that the owner of Monkey Knife Fight and I really focused in on as we started kind of crafting our, our trajectory for Monkey Knife Fight. Well, I'll tell you what, there's no doubt it caught my attention about, oh, about a year ago because being in that space from time to time, and you know, we comment on things like FanDuel and DraftKings and, of course, New Jersey being a betting state, it, it's definitely one of those things where when you guys popped onto my radar, I felt like there was something totally different. And I love the way you put it there that you created a brand rather than just what was basically another online casino. Because I feel like, and, and, and I'm sure, and this is my next question, is that you guys make it very social. And we live in a very social world right now. So that to me is the way it stands out and is different than DraftKings and FanDuel. And, and I get the branding part, but what is it about that what you do that makes me feel like it's so social versus those other two? Well, I mean, I, I think what we really try and do is bring a bit of an irreverent style and an irreverent identity to everything we do. Um, let's face it, because of the growth of all of the social media platforms because of how easy it is for people to connect and to be influenced by our favorite athletes, stars, entertainers, politicians, whoever, I think what that's doing is it's making the consumer even more savvy to when they're being sold to. I think we're sick of the whole kind of used car salesman, you know, somebody cashing a paycheck just to, to flog product at you. Excuse me, and it's the same thing in the digital realm. And so it's very important for us to be authentic, to be genuine, to be real. We want to have fun. We want our users to have fun on our platform, of course, but we also want our users and our community to just have fun around the idea of being an MKFer, right? Um, this is why we, we do things a little bit differently than the conventional gaming companies out there. Um, and, and, and so I think that, you know, what we really want is we want a user to feel a part of the Monkey Knife Fight community. So when they see, um, you know, uh, a, com a commercial or an ad um, on, on social media featuring, you know, as an example, Aaron Donald and Derek Henry are, uh, have, have, have participated in a couple awesome new uh, videos for us this week. We want people watching those spots and thinking, man, like, Monkey Knife Fight's kind of fun, right? It's, we don't want to hit people over the head with, um, with offers and, and, and buy now. It's, we want people to start um, feeling um, and identifying with our brand because ultimately we want to create a sense of loyalty. We want to create a sense of belonging. We want to really, we really do believe we can become the first kind of lifestyle gaming brand and we're literally at the in the like the bottom of the first inning of the monkey knife light life cycle. Well, folks, we are about the bottom of the third inning right now with this interview. And, and if you're wondering who that voice is, it's Nick Solsky, and Nick is the president of Monkey Knife Fight. It's just an extraordinary DFS site that's out there in the gaming world. And one of the things that really to me makes it fun, and you know, th those that follow the show know that I am the director of fun. I use that title all of the time. So when you say fun, 
you know, like Renee Zellweger, you had me at hello. But what makes it fun for me, and folks, you got to get on Monkey Knife Fight and you've got to start to play the games, is it because it's all prop bets. They, I mean, we all live our lives with prop bets. And if you don't know what a prop bet is, I'm sure you have a much more elaborate definition than me. But it's, you know, it's like, hey, closest to the pin for a dollar. You know, who who can win at what and given a choice? And we all love choices. So, you know, like, how did you guys develop this strategy of being, you know, the basically the the almost kind of in a way the, the prop bet kings of of DFS? Well, I mean, I think really what we wanted to do is to uh, take that kind of prop mentality and transition that into a daily fantasy sports framework. Because you hit the nail on the head, right? Everyone, everyone in their daily life is, is you know, betting with their friends. And, and the idea of props is something that is, has really percolated through all of our gaming culture. I mean, I mean we're, we're, you know, we're, we're the Friday afternoon before the Super Bowl, right? I mean, Super Bowl props is like the, that, 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 that's one of the biggest things every year for casual sports fans, right? And so what we really wanted to do is we took a hard look at when and how the casual sports fan um, leans into gaming. And, and that's when the idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of creating a daily fantasy sports platform really started to percolate. So Monkey Knife Fight really focuses in on singular games. So a casual sports fan is an example. If you're a fan of the New Jersey Devils, you can just go in and play a monkey knife fight, a more or less game during the New Jersey Devils game featuring the game, the players in that game. But even more, 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 I guess, more relevant to, to this incredible sports week is the Super Bowl, right? So, the way that our, our platform works and how we've constructed this is we have a number of game styles that are all heavily influenced by, by kind of prop gaming. Our most popular game is something that we call more or less. And what we wanted to do is create a game that when you hear the name of it, you're like, oh, I get it. And that's exactly what more or less is. So as an example, um, you know, for the Super Bowl, our, our, we have contests that, that range from picking two players all the way up to picking six players, sometimes eight players during full NFL weeks. Um, but our kind of one of our flagship games and the easiest game to understand is, is our two out of two more or less game. So you can go on to Monkey Knife Fight and you can play a contest featuring Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady um, for this upcoming Super Bowl. And right now you'd need to pick more or less Patrick Mahomes at 333 and a half passing yards and Tom Brady, more or less than 303 and a half passing yards. If you can p- correctly predict each of those outcomes, you win three and a half times your buy-in. I mean, that's, that's as easy as Monkey Knife Fight is. We have games that get a little bit more complex and involve more players, matchups. Um, but but at, the, at the end of the day, what we really wanted to do was take the, take the excitement around props and translate that into the daily fantasy sports landscape, also thinking down the road where we believe that prop gaming is going to be the biggest um, opportunity, the biggest style of sports gambling in the U.S. As, um, as, as the market continues to kind of regulate and roll out nationally. Well, you know, I, 
let's bring it over to the golf world just for a second, right? Since I am a PGA professional, uh, a simple example of this, folks at home, is that you know last night in Saudi Arabia, you could have taken Dustin Johnson more or less sixty-seven and a half strokes, and Terrell Hatton at more or less sixty-seven and a half strokes. And if you were so inclined to have fun gambling, like maybe your host here, you know, you you would have taken you know that bet, and then you you just have some fun with it. And, and I mean, again, it goes back to be this is a fun way for people to gamble and to get involved in sports. And I know you touched on that in the beginning. But it is so important that in all that's going on in the world right now that we feel very disconnected from sports. We don't get to go to events anymore. Um, The Super Bowl is only so much of a spectacle because there's only so many fans there. We don't get to attend, right? It's just kind of this really cool, perfect storm where now people get to really participate in the games. And am I I far off on that, on that read? I mean, isn't it kind of cool how this sort of – opportunity or platform um, has kind of taken hold of us. And, you know, when I look at that, um, I, I, I look at the, gr- the growth of your company. And folks, if you're wondering who we're talking to and what company it is, it's Monkey Knife Fight. And I have Nick Sulsky, their president, on with us today. And I see the growth of your company. And I wonder, what do you attribute that growth to? I mean, I know we talked about the brand and we've talked about the style of bets. But overall, I mean, how do you think you guys have become so popular in such a short amount of time? That's a good question, Keith. Um, you know, I, I've attributed to a couple things. I mean, I think the first is um, the DFS space was ripe for a little bit more innovation to bring the product um, in line more with that casual sports fan experience. I mean, the fact is um, – we know that lots of people, that tens of millions of Americans play fantasy sports every year, but we also know that the traditional styles of daily fantasy sports definitely started slanting over to that hardcore, the hardcore you know, game or the hardcore sports fantasy play. So I think that part of it was just innovating and creating something that was a little bit lighter, right? A little bit easier to understand, a little bit less um, uh, involved to get to get, get to get into, and quite frankly, gave you a, a better opportunity to win, right? Ultimately, let's face it, you know, we all, all, most of us, so I'm sure a vast majority of your listeners have tried a lot of daily fantasy sports sites. They're they're quite difficult to win, and as, as cool as the apps are, as great as the experiences are, let's face it, from a gaming perspective, just or just from 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 any style of interactivity, if you go into a product and you lose your first time or your second time, well, you know, you have less fun, right? We want to make the experience more fun. So we want to create games that are a little bit easier to understand and quite frankly, a little bit more controllable um, about, you know, whether you win or lose. So I think part of it was just product, right? It was the right, right product at the right time. I think the other reality is during COVID, a lot of gaming companies, geez, a lot of companies, period, um, had to throttle off the gas, right? A lot of companies, um, knowing that revenues were going to be negatively impacted, <clears throat> excuse me, had to take pretty aggressive uh, uh, moves to, to survive. Monkey Knife Fight had the incredible luxury of being funded by an unbelievable entrepreneur and owner Bill Asher, who decided, unlike most companies, we didn't take our foot off the gas. We viewed it as an opportunity. 
And we became very aggressive when we put our foot on the gas. It gave us an opportunity to engage with partnerships with a number of professional sports teams and leagues across uh, most of the, the major U.S. sports. We actually did, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we were the first daily fantasy sports company to create a partnership with a PGA golfer. The great Charlie Hoffman um, is a member of Team Monkey Knife Fight. Um, what a great guy, Charlie. Um, and so what we really wanted to do is we saw an opportunity to get our brand out there um, in front of the in, in front of the faces of the casual sports fan in a really cool, fun way. Because let's also face it, there was no there were no fans in the stands. So when you put a logo like Monkey Knife Fight on the outfield wall in Miller Park um, in Milwaukee, well now all of a sudden it stands out even more, and broadcasters are are you know talking about it. We did some really cool brand activations with a lot of our, our, our pro teams. And also, what we really leaned into was some charitable, um, some, some char- charitable campaigns. So being influenced, as an example, being influenced by, I think, the greatest baseball movie of all time, Bull Durham. Um, and for, all, for you and, and, and Wade and for all of your listeners, you probably remember the scene where where um, where where Nuke Lelouch is not willing to throw the pitch that Crash Davis is calling. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Crash tells the batter that it's going to be a, a fastball, and the batter crushes the ball over the right right, you know, right center field and yeah. hits the bull and wins the stake. We were like, ah, that's pretty fun. That's something cool. That's something visual to look at. And and so what we did is we put up tarps and we put up cutouts in a number of ballparks around the U.S. And the idea was if a home run hits a tarp, um, we'll donate $50,000 to the team's COVID relief foundation, right? To the team's foundation to help the community. We, we don't just walk, we don't just talk the talk, we walk it. We, we want to build stronger bridges into the community. And that's what we did. We really believed that our brand could help people. And because of our owner, because we were funded, because of the opportunities that COVID provided us, which is an odd paradox because it was, it's been such an unbelievably challenging time for sports fans, sports leagues, teams, and quite frankly, everybody. Um, and here I am talking about how Monkey Knife Fight was really um, able to break through because we proactively pushed our brand um, forward during, during you know, this crazy time. Um, but ultimately, that's what really helped us uh, generate the type of momentum that that's brought us to where we are today. Well, that momentum, I mean, comes from leadership. And there's no doubt that you're just an extremely um, forward thinking and energetic entrepreneur. Right. And and um, I'm going to use a word that, you know, it's a lot of times I love to throw words around that people don't necessarily like to use because they make them uncomfortable. But I feel like you're brave. And I'm wondering where you get that bravery from, because you're definitely a leader in this space. And when I hear you talk and, you know, with with any form of media or uh, other sports entities, you know, I, I get this sense from you that it's just it's just part of your essence, part of your being to be a leader. So, you know, where does your inner leadership come from? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question, man. Um, uh, OK, I, I, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, obviously upbringing, you know, I have, you know, I have fantastic parents who've already, who've always kind of fostered, 
fostered this this kind of fearlessness. But I was an athlete growing up, and 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 I grew up. I grew up in, uh, I mean, I was born in Canada. I grew up in Southern California. I moved back to Canada. Um, And and I think it's funny. I've actually never really thought about the moment that, you know, brave and and fearless and leader. I think I was in grade, I was in grade eight. And I was in a private school. And I, I, I was at the time, I was a soccer player. And I was a baseball player. And I played basketball. Those were my three core sports. And then one spring, I decided to, to try rugby. Now, rugby, um, you know, there's a lot of you know, tackling. I'd never really been all that kind of aggressive uh, before, but I played rugby for the first time, and I just loved it. And what I realized I was good at was tackling people. And I wasn't a big guy. I was, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, an average-sized Canadian Jewish lad. I'm not necessarily a, a, a I'm not necessarily massive but there was something about tackling people that that just that 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 i understood and then the following year in grade eight um the football coach at my high school said hey i saw you playing rugby here you can tackle why don't you come out and play football and after two practices and i'm playing with um you know grade at that point it was grade not grade grade eight grade nine grade ten were on the same team it was like the midget team and i was in grade eight after two practices, I became the starting middle linebacker, and they made me the captain of the defense, and I was two years younger than a lot of the players. So I was kind of thrust into this role because ultimately the head coach of the, of the football team was also a science, my science teacher, and he knew that I, guess I was a pretty good student. And so I, I think that he really worked to foster, um, <laughs> to foster something in me. So I think standing in a locker room, staring at kids who are two years older than you, and yet you've just been kind of, you know, given a torch of leadership. I think I kind of became a brave, fearless leader through necessity more than anything else. I kind of had to be because that's what my coach expected of me. And then, you know, obviously throughout the rest of my, you know, I, I, I started, then I, you know, I put sports at a fairly high level for a long period of time and, then did a lot of traveling and I got involved in, in film and television. I think what I, what I learned even before I became a tech entrepreneur, what I learned, and, and I think this is the essence or one of the, one of the essences of being a good leader and, and being, being an entrepreneur is I, I became less scared of the word. No, you hear no every day. If you're trying to push innovation, if you're trying to sell something, if you if, if the word no scares you, I don't think entrepreneurship is really you're really cut out for it. So I mean I think that if you marry those two things together, and of course there's a bunch of other life experiences that I've gone through that have helped foster that kind of that that fearlessness in me. But I think if you take my grade eight football experience matched with my ability to accept the word no because man i hear that word a lot both at home and at work well it reminds me of a real quick nick it reminds me of a phrase that my wife always says was that you get paid for the no's right and as an entrepreneur you can appreciate that but i know you can also appreciate the fact that i got to take a quick break so i got to say yes to wade here on the board you know folks up next more with nick sulsky thanks for listening to espn 920 
Keyshawn Johnson. Any quarterback that play underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Zubin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You got a great voice it's for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. This is Keith Stewart, your host of the pro show. Welcome back to our conversation with Nick Salsky. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. And today we are discussing the simple joys of a monkey knife fight. You know we pride ourselves on pop culture. Who better to hang with than the king of prop, Nick Solsky? Great choice here, Wade. Director of fun approved. Hit it. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. All right, Wade. But they fought with Really cool song there, Choice, with the, uh, with the monkey knife fight president with us today here, Nick Salsky. So Nick, I want to bring you back on the air and you touched on golf briefly in the, in the last segment. And I want to take you there because it's a big weekend in golf as the PGA Tour announced and NBC has partnered up with PointsBet and they're going to have a streaming live gambling channel and what makes me think of being a PGA professional in the golf world is that what's your, you know, being a leader in the DFS space, what is your take on golf and, you know, how we can grow, you know, people's attention toward it through what you do? Well, opportunity, right? Golf has such a massive opportunity when it comes to both DFS and eventually sports gambling in the states where sports gambling is legal. Um, I think where golf is truly exciting is um, as the sports data, and this is going to get a little inside, I'd say inside baseball, but that wouldn't be the right pun. I don't know what the right like inside golf terminology would be. Um, the, the, as the technology improves where the data that powers gaming platforms um, is enhanced, by faster projections, by faster, um, you know, delivery of that on-course data, as the on-course data um, also continues to evolve, what you're going to be able to see, what, what, what's so exciting about golf is not only, like right now, when you're playing DFS, you play it kind of on, on a round-by-round round basis. And even the round-by-round round basis is quite new. You know, up until I think about a year ago or a year and a half ago, in typically golf contests, you know, you'd enter on a Thursday and you would play, uh, you would play over the entire tournament. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then companies started offering um, round by round, which was a, a cool innovation. Soon, the 
because of the technology, you're going to be able to start playing DFS, start being able to play, uh, you know, start gambling on a, on a given hole, right? And then you can even bring it, as the technology improves, you'll be able to bet on specific shots, right? Is Rory, is Rory McIlroy going to, is his second, is he going to get a green in regulation on this shot, right? Is, 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 is this three wood that he's hitting from, you know, 200 or 195 yards out, is it going to hit the green? Like, these are opportunities that golf has because unlike every other, I mean, uh, baseball is, baseball is, 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 is similar because you're staring at a specific athlete that you know is going to perform an action within the next 30 seconds, right? If you're a batter at the plate, well, that's the batter or the pitcher on the mound. That's what's happening. When you're playing football, you don't necessarily know which player is going to catch the ball, which players, if, if it's going to be a running play. You know, it, it's a little bit more hard to predict in, in basketball. You can't, you don't know who's going to take the shot. I mean, of course, down the road, you'll be able to place a wager on, do you think that, you know, do you think that James Harden is going to take the shot this game or is it going to, or this, this, you know, this trip up the court or is it going to be Kevin Durant? But technology is not there yet. But the great thing about golf is when Rory is hitting the ball, it's Rory. That, that's who's hitting the ball. So you'll be able to place specific bets on given shots. So I believe that golf, I believe that tennis, like these are these kind of, I, I, I hate things. They're not necessarily second tier sports, but they're not like the, the your, your classic sports, gambling sports. I think because technology um, is, is improving very quickly, very rapidly, uh, because let's face it, everyone in the world understands the value of sports betting in North America and it's coming and the technology from a consumption perspective and from a device perspective is, 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 is speeding up significantly. I think that you're going to start seeing an explosion in some of these sports that you don't typically think of when you think about daily fantasy or even sports gambling. Well, I know that that explosion is going to lead to an explosion of interest. There's no doubt about that. But when you talk about the technology, quick answer, how far off are we from something like that where, you know, at the waste management, the big thing is on the 16th hole, I sat there last year on Saturday and we bet on every group going through who would be closest to the pin. You know, how far off are we from that technology? Well, I, so, it, it, so I think we're probably a couple of years away from the technology, maybe less, but it's also the regulation, right? So that's the, that's the thing that the audience needs to kind of understand about uh, sports gambling is even if technology exists to allow for certain bets to happen, um, reality is it's still going to take a number of years for the sports betting regulation and legislation to roll out across the U.S. So, um, yeah, I think the technology is close. Um, I, I really do. Um, and I mean, let's face it, the uh, right now, because of what we've all experienced with the pandemic, there is a there is a need to figure out incremental revenue streams for states and, and for, you know, and for governments to to generate more tax dollars. And I do believe that is one of the reasons why we're going to start seeing um, a, a significant uptick in the number of states where sports gambling is going to start getting turned turned on in 
Well, I know we could talk about regulations in this space and golf forever. I mean, everyone <laughs> has their issues with the rules of golf. There's no doubt. But as we're, we're running out of time here, and folks, that time was being spent with Nick Sulsky. He's a media trailblazer and now a tech entrepreneur and also the president of Monkey Knife Fight. We're going to take you through a little tradition that we do here on the pro show besides our, our fun DJing by Wade on the board. And that is a little rapid fire Q&A. You seem like a, you, you're up for a little gaming there, Nick. So uh, you up for this? Not only am I up for this, but rapid fire is actually the name of a contest type that we have on Monkey Knife Fight. So it's perfect. Let's well, go. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, I think I, right now I have about a million questions for you. So we're going to have to sidebar at some point or have you come back here on the pro show as we get into, you know, further into the sports year of 2021, because, you know, your personality and your leadership is infectious. But with that compliment being said, here we go for rapid fire. Best prop bet you heard for the Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, my goodness. Um, 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 oh, my God. I, I always love the length oh, of the oh, national will, anthem. Will a ball? Uh, I, uh, I, 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 you know, Keith, I'm sorry. It's will a ball hit an upright? Will a kickball hit an upright? Oh, wow. I That's like deep. That because, but, because Butker and, and Suckup have been known to hit uprights even during the, the playoffs. On a scale of 1 to 10, how lucky are you? Six and a half. Where were you when Joe Carter hit the Game 6 home run in 1993? I was standing in my university pub at Mount Allison University in Sackville, New Brunswick, a little bit intoxicated with my fellow rugby players in front of the, the old-school screen TV, losing my absolute mind. Your story, I think, would be a cool movie. What actor plays you in that movie? Well, Brad Pitt, of course. Oh, wait, he's too old for me. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think I'll, I'll go Chris Evans. I'm a Chris Evans fan. All right, fair enough. Captain America, very nice. All right, favorite app on your phone besides MKF? I, I, I like Instagram. I like Instagram. <laughs> Sounds like you like your music. So pick any current band. What's the first concert you'd like to see once concerts start up again? Oh, man. Queens of the Stone Age. I, I want to see Queens of the Stone I, I got to see Queens of the Stone Age at the Rapids Theater in Niagara, New York, just as they launched their last world tour. And it was one of the most fun I've ever had at a show. So I, I, it's got to be Queens of the Stone Age. Would you rather be stuck at age 18 or 50? I think 50. Good answer. One more. When you hear the word strategist, who is the first person that comes to mind? Um, well, I, I think of a, a, a mentor of mine um, that no, none of your audience would know. Um, his name's Scotty Vanderwell. But if I was going to think about strategist, um, I, you know what? I think it would actually be um, 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 uh, uh, MacArthur, um, uh, General MacArthur. All right. Going deep there, too. I like it. Well, you know what, Nick Solsky? It has been awesome being with you today here on the Pro Show. Can't thank you enough for sharing the time. Keith, an absolute pleasure. I had a blast. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. All right, folks. Monkey Knife Fight. Check it out this weekend for the big game and also for the Waste Management People's Open. You know it's 3.50 p.m. 
Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with the weekly pro show update. Players who've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. St. Jude exceeds any expectation or any dream I could have ever had about a hospital. First was getting David here to save his life, but then I was told we wouldn't get a bill. I, I didn't quite process that. How is this possible? It's possible through all the wonderful people who donate. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. If you think about that, I mean, go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. Well, the research here is research that we share with everyone else because overall, we want to help all children that have cancer. What makes that possible is people that give to St. Jude. They really help us to fulfill our mission, and we're so grateful to have them on our team. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. You know, you can listen anywhere at 920 ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit that listen now button online and stream us. And I know the fans of the show love to stay connected through our social media channels. It's at KJ Stewart DOF on Instagram, Twitter. I mean, we were blowing up LinkedIn this week, just having so much fun with the PGA guys. And you know what, folks? Don't be lost. You can find today's show and like about 150 others on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We're on the iHeart Network now. There's a whole archive of shows there. And you'll hear today's show sometime this evening once Wade gets up and posts it. I'll get around to it soon. All right, get around to some more music. I know we are on iTunes. Hit some music. We that's, are. That's awesome. Yeah. Drag me far enough to know I'll blind every mile at your birth. All right. We got a little bit of time left here for the Pro Show Update. We're going to have to go with the best stories that I have for this week. And the Pro Show Update was brought to you by our sponsors, TaylorMade. You know, at TaylorMade, we'll do just about anything to make golfers better. Like you, we just don't play the game. We obsess over it. So we'll gladly create thousands of prototypes, run hundreds of thousands of simulations, and even travel around the world just to hand inspect materials. Whatever it takes to make the best quality equipment for our golfers. Some may not share this passion we have or understand it, but this drive isn't going away anytime soon. We're beyond driven. Are you? For the latest product information and to find a fitter near you, head to TaylorMadeGolf.com. I should have left the music playing. Want to do that one more time? I'll turn the music back up. No. <laughs> Next time. No, that was great. That was great. And now the pro show update. 
Yes, I know. You, you love this stuff. There will be a big introduction for this eventually. I promise you. I, 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 I that's that's me dropping the ball. Well, you, you're slow playing me I'm on this. I'm gonna pick it up, and you're gonna you're gonna be bashed in the head with the next. Speaking week. of slow play, let's start with the PGA Tour. Patrick Reed steals his ninth PGA Tour win. Right? Steals. That was a great headline. Steals his ninth PGA Tour win, <laughs> and uh, we could go at length. There was a, an an issue. There was an incident on the tenth hole of his third round Saturday with a ruling and moving the ball and. Social media has beat that to death. But what I found funny on social media is that, you know, people from time to time that are controversial, like a Patrick Reed, they they are accused of having these burner Twitter accounts. So there was this one called Use Golf Facts on Twitter that has notoriously been linked to Patrick Reed. And it just so happens that he was so fired up about Saturday um, that the person who's in charge of that um not only tweeted it on used golf facts, but they tweeted on Patrick Reed's account as well, the, a duplicate tweet. So the moral of the story of this, folks, is that uh, when you're out playing golf in a tournament or anytime, don't touch the ball. And uh, when it comes to posting on your burner Twitter account, um, watch what you're doing. Go slow. All right. Um, Greg Norman's house is for sale. Nearly 60 million. It's called Tranquility. Uh, 8.31 acre lot. It's down there in Jupiter Island. Um, let's see. He's got a main house, a coach house, a pool house, a tennis house, a boat house, a carriage house, a beach house, a 5,000 square foot basement. Um, all of this for 60 million. I guess you can insert your own Bill Clinton joke here there, Mr. Wade Weezer. But the, <laughs> the fact is, is that Greg is a large player in more places than just Instagram. Yeah, I know. Um, 50th anniversary of the first golf swing on the moon. Alan Shepard this past week. 50 years ago, um, he made a little golf club and used it there on the moon. And uh, this unique six iron that he built out of like kind of a telescopic thing. Um, he took two balls with him and he hit two shots. And uh, we're trying to confirm this. But sources say that the USGA has included Shepard's six iron shot of over 300 yards in the 2018 distance report. Um, has that ball ever stopped? It, I, it's it's a very, very good question. Uh, Golf Channel president steps down, as reported by our good friend of the show, John Urand of Sports Business Journal. Uh, Mike McCarley, after about a decade or so, he uh, is stepping down. And, um, you know, Pete Bavacqua, who's the president of NBC Sports, says it's been such a pleasure working so closely with Mike since 2018. And he deserves a credit for help transform the Golf Channel from purely linear business into the multidimensional, diverse business that it's become today. Nice quote there. And, um, you know, in an unrelated post on Instagram, uh, newly hired and very popular golf today anchor Shane Bacon threw up a, a picture of his new VIP parking spot. So I don't know what, where you want to go with that. Um, yeah. Oh, here was here's there's a quick one. Golf stars in Saudi Arabia. We've got DJ Phil Bryson, Patrick Reed. Uh, Victor Hovland, they're all over in Saudi Arabia, and it's not a surprise because, you know, Saudi Arabia has been known for the, the Saudi Arabia in, Invitational has been known for paying athletes to show up for this particular tournament. And uh, during the press conference, Reed se said he, you know, this seemed like the best place in the world for me to play this week. And uh, on a, on a side story, um, Use Golf Facts tweeted on Wednesday that DJ and Phil are getting paid, too. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, and I got one more for you here. All right, and um, this one is covering all sports. Sports Innovation Lab recently published a report naming the top 25 innovative teams in the world. And uh, this was in 2020. And uh, Sports Innovation Lab is leading a sports research revolution. They inspire brands to create bold fan experiences, yada, 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 right? So the most innovative organizations, the top 25, right, Um the, the number one NFL team, it is an NFL weekend here, and the first team, and they were 13th, um, that was the New England Patriots. 
And the Patriots were very happy as an innovative brand to announce that um, after Tom is done accepting the Lombardi Trophy again on Sunday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that he would accept their award for being innovative. Good for them. Good sports. (laughs) There you go. All right, folks, that's your Pro Show update for the week ending February 5th, 2021. And you know you've heard from our sponsors today, but I'm going to say them again. TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Love my man on the board, Mr. Wade Weezer. And most importantly, I love my listeners. Now, before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being a trailblazer. Golf is not a linear game. Innovators seldom think in straight lines either. Don't be rigid in your approach. Make sure you try something outside your comfort zone this year. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the tee next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.